Welcome to the Stony Plain Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community that is about discovering fullness of life for everyone by practicing the way of Jesus together. Well, good morning. How about you throw in the chat if you can hear me? Oh, no, I can hear myself, which means you can hear me too. Uh, that is a tricky one. I pull, we pulled that one at the, the dinner table the other day to find good without, or goodness without using the word good. And so, uh, Jesse, nobody at my table uh, was clever enough to pull off the, it's the opposite of badness, so well done. I, I see Sam here saying maybe goodness is anything that brings the kingdom of heaven here more and more. Uh, she may have picked that up at the table earlier, too. So, uh, I think we're done at this point. So, <laughs> uh, Welcome, church family. Uh, we're so grateful that you've joined us this morning. We're uh, continuing on our series, Living the Resurrection, where we are exploring what happens when we walk in step with the Spirit. What happens when we partner with the Spirit and live in His ways instead of living to satisfy the desires of the flesh, the part of us that's been broken by sin? It's what happens when we're to be transformed to be like Jesus, who the fruit of the Spirit are the best descriptors of. And so, like Chris and Linda said, today we're talking about goodness. And goodness is one of those words that's so hard to define, isn't it? It's so common that it, it kind of loses meaning. It's like how we talked about love a number of weeks ago, where You know, love just has so many different meanings that it's hard to really describe what it is. And so the kids already did this in their video, um, but I want to go back to it. To understand good and goodness, we need to go back to the time it's first mentioned. Uh, Biblical scholars call this the principle of first mention, that you take an idea and you go back to the first time it's said and then help that understand how things move forward. And so we go back to Genesis 1. And in Genesis 1, God creates everything. And as he does, he says, it's good. You know, the light is good, the land is good, the separation of water from land is good, the stars, and so on and so forth. Good is what happens when things stem from God. Good is what happens when things are as he intended them to be, as things are tied to their creator and his intention for them. And then Genesis 3 gives us a further understanding of God's goodness. Because Adam and Eve are placed by God in a garden full of trees. And then this tree has an abundance, or this garden has an abundance of trees, of fruit trees. And then he places one specific tree in the garden. A tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And evil is the opposite of goodness. Evil is what happens when you rebel against God's way. It's what happens when Paul later says you give in to the desires of the flesh. And so God places the people in a garden full of an abundance of trees on one hand and one tree, a scarcity, on the other hand. And the people, instead of getting so focused on what they do have, they get focused on the one thing they can't have, that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Who here has ever had that moment where you have an abundance on one side but you get focused on the one thing you can't have on the other. I feel like I have this every time I look at my record collection. There's all the good in the record collection, but there's that one record I don't have, and I'm then on Amazon and spiraling. Friends, God always provides abundance. He always moves in fullness. But we can also often get stuck in scarcity. 
Now, throughout the whole of the Hebrew Scriptures, God's goodness is often tied to his provision and to his abundance. In Nehemiah, the people recount the stories of God's provision as they enter in the promised land, and we read, they captured fortified cities and fertile land. They took possession of houses filled with all kinds of good things, wells already dug, vineyards, olive groves, and fruit trees in abundance. They ate to the full and were well-nourished. They reveled in your great goodness, God. That's Nehemiah 9.25. God's provision to the people was so full and abundant, they just came in and they didn't even have to work for it. God's provision was there. In the Psalms, we read often of God's goodness. We read, how abundant are the good things you've stored up for those who fear you, that you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. That's Psalm 31, 19, or Psalm 68, 10 says, your people settled in it, and from your bounty, God, you provided for the poor. God's bounty, his abundance, his goodness is for everyone. And then in Psalm 145, 7, we read, they celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Psalms, and these are just a, f- a few of those moments, highlight the goodness of God and tie it with the abundance of God. That to, for God to be good is for God to have this abundant kingdom. And then Jeremiah looks forward to this time when the people who are now in exile will be returned to the land. And he says, Hear the word of the Lord, you nations. Proclaim it in distant coastlands. He who scattered Israel will gather them and will watch over his flock like a shepherd. For the Lord will deliver Jacob and redeem them from the hand of those who are stronger than they. And then they will come and shout for joy on the heights of Zion. They will rejoice in the bounty of the Lord, the grain, the new wine, and the olive oil, the young of the flocks and the herds. And they'll be like a well-watered garden, and they will sorrow no more. And then young women will dance and be glad, and young men and old men as well. I will turn their mourning into gladness. I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. I will satisfy the priests with abundance, and my land and my people will be filled with my bounty, declares the Lord. That's Jeremiah 31, 10 to 14. So again, what we see is God's goodness is tied to his abundance. And it's this story that Jesus enters into. In Jesus' incarnation, he continues the story of God's goodness in abundance. Jesus comes into the world with a message of good news. And what's the good news he's giving? It's that God is king and he's bringing his kingdom near. God's abundance, his fullness of life is available to all. And Jesus describes it in Luke 4 by quoting the prophet Isaiah. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's Luke 4, 18 to 19. And this is exactly what Jesus does. Full of the Spirit, Jesus goes out and proclaims and demonstrates the kingdom of God. He does this through healings, through the miracle of providing way too much wine at a wedding, which is a sign of the kingdom, the abundance of wine, throughout the Hebrew Scriptures. He does this through the miraculous provision of feeding crowds of thousands who are hungry with a few loaves and fish. He does this by welcoming outsiders into family, by making space at the table for those who are never given a seat. Jesus' kingdom is for everyone, and it is full, and it is abundant. And the same Spirit that is on Jesus, who he says is on him so that he can proclaim the good news, is the same Spirit that dwells us as his apprentices and grows his fruit in us. And that includes the fruit of goodness. 
And so what is goodness? I think that goodness is living in the abundant reality of the now available kingdom of God. Because the word goodness here uh, implies more than just being good in the Greek. It's this hathnesua, and it, it install, instead says it's about implying not just being good, but enacting good. Not just a state of being as close to the way God created us to be, to be as free from sin as possible. Well, that is good. But it moves beyond that to be one whose life walks in the abundance uh, of God and spreads it about. That to be someone who's got the fruit of goodness growing in them through the Holy Spirit means that you're somebody who's living generously. That you understand the abundance of God and you know that there's not too little for you. And so you can freely give because you've been freely given too. And here's the beautiful thing. The Spirit, like all the rest of the fruit, grows us in you. He's not trying to get you to muster up all the energy for goodness. He's not getting you to just sit there emptying out your pocketbook or whatever. But instead, what's happening, we read in 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 to 12, is this. He said, Paul says this, With this in mind, we constantly pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling, and that his power may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness, and your every deed be prompted by faith. We pray this so the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in you, and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So do you hear that? That by the Spirit's power, he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness. So we desire goodness, we walk in God's ways, and we seek to keep in step with the Spirit. So this means we have to put effort into it, much like when we talked at the beginning of the series, we need to fertilize the land, we need to till up our hearts, we need to confess our sins to, to remove the weeds in, in our garden of our souls. But then we do that, and the Spirit does His part, and the Spirit grows His fruit in us. Jesus grabs onto this in His teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, if you're wondering uh, what God's kingdom is like and what its values are, uh, read Matthew 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount. It's the best picture of uh, what fullness of life looks like in my mind. And in this uh, parable, or Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells this. He says, the eye is a lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, which um, is a translation, it should say good, or another way of translating is good. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, or bad, or evil, your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light then within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And so Jesus here is saying there's two ways to see the world. One way, one way of looking through the world with lenses, if you will, uh, would be a good eye. And this eye is one of generosity. The other one is the evil eye, the lens of stinginess. Now stinginess is a view a worldview that comes out of a scarcity mindset that fears there won't be enough. And so I've got to grasp onto and hold on to whatever I can. But generosity is an abundance mindset. It's a, it's a way of looking at the world that goes, there'll be enough because I know that the goodness of God will come through. And so you can share, you can be open with your time, your talents, your treasure, with whatever it is. You can share because God will make up for the loss. Because God's kingdom is one of abundance. So we need to move beyond scarcity to abundance. 
Our world operates in scarcity, doesn't it? Scarcity is what happens when you live by a survival of the fittest worldview. That a fittest is the one who has the most. You know, it's that he who dies with the most toys wins worldview. That's the Alberta way. But this is where the kingdom of heaven, God's kingdom, comes in conflict uh, with the kingdom of the world. The kingdom of the world says there won't be enough, so you better hold on to whatever you can. You better store as much as you can so you can retire early and you can retire well. But the kingdom of God says it's okay. There'll be enough. So give freely because freely you've been given. Scarcity says there is enough to go around, which leads to envy, which Paul puts on the list of the desires of the flesh, which is contrast to the fruit of the Spirit. But goodness, goodness is bountiful kindness, which is issued in practical generosity. Uh, a New Testament scholar, uh, Paul Fung, says this could be considered the antithesis to envy. That if you walk in goodness, this practical, bountiful kindliness existing in generosity, then this will undo envy. And so Paul, continuing on in Galatians 6, invites us into this world. He says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh they will reap destruction. But whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of God. Let's sow a harvest of goodness, or let's reap a harvest of goodness by sowing goodness. Now, uh, just over 10 years ago, Sam and I had the privilege of the house we were living in um, leaking out of the windows and out of the roof. Uh, there was some ice damming that had formed due to our vaulted ceilings, and we had just finished celebrating Christmas with family. And then they left, and the next morning we woke up to a waterfall coming in our window. And we were going, what is happening here? And it turned out we had to um, basically pull our whole main floor apart. We had to pull all the ceilings down. We had to remove all the insulation and vapor barrier. Uh, we had to basically gutted everything down to studs and floorboards because of all the damage. And we started all over again. Uh, at the same time, we had a two-month-old daughter named Lucy. And we were trying to live in the midst of this chaos, a kitchenless house without uh, walls and a roof or walls and uh, interior ceilings and have a child and figure out how to protect her in the midst of this and also to survive with no sleep in the midst of all this. And anyways, I'm, I'm working on my house and this one day, uh, this couple from my church at the time walked by and they looked and they said, what's going on? And I explained to them a story and they said, well, go pack your suitcases. I said, why? Like, well, you're going to come and live with us for the next while. Uh, they, they, their kids had all moved out. And they said they had an extra room. Uh, now think about this. You're empty nesters and you're inviting a young family with a two-month-old into the house. You're not going to sleep well. These children are up often crying, right? This is a severe inconvenience. But for them, this was a way to practice goodness. And they, they helped with cleaning up with our renovations and they let some friends know how they could help too. 
And we had the community come around us in goodness and provide for us. And it changed our story that summer. And we had other friends, once we'd, we'd uh, caught them away from sleep long enough, we moved to, from house to house in provision while we were waiting for our house to be taken care of because our community said, we want to provide goodness to you. They were harvesting, or they were reaping goodness, and we in turn were harvesting goodness. And so friends, let's slow down to God's speed with ears open to his prompting, eyes open to see how he's springing his kingdom up. And let's do this together because we need each other. Uh, like we talked about at the beginning of the series, a trees need cross-pollination to grow fruit. It's hard to continuously walk in goodness, and we need one another. Like Hebrews says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who is promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another onwards towards love and good deeds. How we may spur one another onwards to love and good deeds. We need one another. The, the Hebrew, or sorry, the Greek here is actually about being like a burr under one's saddle. It's about being annoying and pushing and prompting enough that we do this. So let's annoy each other into goodness. Who is in your life group? Who's in intentional community with you? Who's down the street from you? Who's a friend that you could call up and say, hey, let's try this goodness thing out. Let's practice this, this abundance kingdom of Jesus by let's, looking, let's look for generosity. Let's live with open hands. Let's get out there and pester one another onwards. Let's share about God's goodness with our families, recounting the ways that God's been at work in our lives. And let's share about the goodness of God to our neighbors, inviting them into a whole other way of viewing the world. Not one of scarcity, but one of abundance. And so every week we come back to the table. We come back to communion. To this meal that Jesus provided for us. And the table is a space of abundant goodness. We come to the table of the one whom ascended to the heavens so that he can complete the work of the cross and the resurrection. It's through Jesus' work and his incarnation, his ministry, his death, his resurrection and ascension that Jesus opens up the goodness of the kingdom for us. As we look forward to Pentecost Sunday next Sunday, we remember that Jesus sent the Spirit to bring the power of resurrection into our lives. Our God is good, and he is so generous and abundant with us. And we remember now that this Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and he's praying on our behalf, as Kimberly reminded us. And from here, one day, he will return to dwell with us. And so whatever you have in your house, something to eat, something to drink, Let's share this meal and remember God's goodness together. So Paul writes, For I received from the Lord what I passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took, <clears throat> he took bread. When he'd given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me.
For whenever we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So let's proclaim the Lord's death and his goodness over and over, his goodness and his blessing for us. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. To discover more about Stony Plain Alliance Church and its ministries, visit our website at spaconline.com. Grace and peace.